0: Welcome Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. It is a Wednesday edition of the show, and we are going prime time at 7 o'clock. That's right. You didn't know about our new schedule. Monday and Tuesday, we're still going at 4 o'clock, same time as during the season. But Wednesday and Thursday, we are mixing it up just a little bit, moving to 7 o'clock so we can get different people on, so we can reach different audiences that maybe have to work at four o'clock and you know can have some dinner and then talk some Buccaneers football so we're going prime time tonight and I'm your host Matt Matera I'm riding solo tonight riding solo dolo to talk about the latest news with your Tampa Bay Buccaneers we're gonna have a lot of fun with this one talk about the Upcoming offensive coordinator interviews, there is one today as well. I'm going to answer a bunch of questions from the fans and react to comments that are going on as well. So it's going to be a fun, interactive Q&A type of episode on the Peter Report podcast. Like I said, I'm Matt Matera, going solo for today's show. And uh, looking forward to getting into everyone's comments, questions, concerns, everything else in between as Tom starts off saying hey hey Tampa Bay a lot of people interested in Keenan McCardell so that's the big news of the day as it has been reported and peterreport.com reported that Vikings wide receivers coach Keenan McCardell will be interviewing with the Bucks for the offensive coordinator position uh, there are a couple of other candidates as well Clint Kubiak who is the son of Gary Kubiak. He was the passing game coordinator for the Denver Broncos last season. Also spent a lot of time with the Minnesota Vikings. He interviewed today. That story came out. It was reported by multiple people. Clint Kubiak interviewed today with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the other person on the list is Jim Bob Cooter. That was reported by Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, I believe. And... Uh, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN had the Clint Kubiak one. So uh, the the candidates are coming in. It's going to be a little bit of a carousel with different guys coming in and out. Who are they talking to? Who are they not talking to? What offense do you like? What offense don't you like? And we're going to break down a little bit of each and every offensive coordinator that is reportedly meeting with the Bucs. Again, just a reminder, pewterreport.com. First reported that Keenan McCardell, that's right, the former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Keenan McCardell, will be uh, interviewing with the Bucs this week. And we'll see how that goes. Want to get to some more comments as well. Eater wants either Kubiak or Johnson. Edward says LFG. Shaggy saying, you're not solo. We're here with you. I appreciate that, Shaggy. You are always here in the uh in the chat in the comments so love having uh you guys all with us tb12 crew wants to know why mccardell though and uh we will get to that in just a moment and yeah a lot of people are uh, want to talk about jim bob cooter i, I understand that a funny name of course um but does have a background let's start with keenan mccardell that's who Scott Reynolds of was reporting is in line to interview with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For those that don't know, he had a 16 year NFL career. Um, it spans a long, long time. 16 years in the NFL is commendable at any position, especially wide receiver where, you know, you're going to get injured all the time. You're going to get absolutely you know, lit up, especially in the day and age when Keenan McCardell played. You know, you're talking about an injury that is much tougher or just the physical style of play is much tougher to get uh, involved in back then than it is today where there's a lot more uh, rules for player safety and probably change for the better. But in McCardell's 16-year career, and we'll get into his coaching history, obviously, as well. In his 16-year career, he... Played 209 games, had 883 receptions for 11,373 yards and 63 touchdowns. The teams that he played with, obviously he played with the Buccaneers. Um, Believe played with the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. Uh, I'm pulling up the list now. There was a lot of them for Keenan McCardell. Let's see. Uh, Browns, Jaguars, Bucks, Chargers, and finishes career one season with the Washington Commanders. But the big reason why he is a name that Bucks fans will know was the two seasons that he played in Tampa Bay. He made a Pro Bowl one of this one of those years, one of the two years that he made the Pro Bowl. The other was with Jacksonville a little bit earlier in his career, but. He was part of the 2002-2003 team that won the Super Bowl when they defeated the Oakland Raiders 48-21 to to capture the Bucks' first Super Bowl in franchise history. And on top of that, McCardell scored two touchdowns in the game. So not only was he a part of that team, a member on the roster, but was a significant contributor to the fact that uh, the Bucks actually won that game By scoring those two touchdowns. Uh, Why is Keenan McCardell one of the options? I'll get into that in just a moment. Richard Taroka says, we all love Keenan, but does he have scheme to implement? Common Sensei says, be positive, guys. Can't be worse than Byron. And uh, Flash Gordon says, two things that Peter Report has already said about him. He seems to be a good wide receivers coach talking about Stefan Diggs and then current Vikings wide receiver star, Justin Jefferson. He's also a little bit of a Gruden alumni. So yeah, Keenan McCardell actually has had the chance to coach a lot of very talented wide receivers. And clearly the Buccaneers have extremely talented wide receivers with the dynamic duo of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. We will talk a little bit later about Chris Godwin who did receive the Ed Block Courage Award. And congratulations to Chris Godwin on that award. But as far as his coaching career goes, he actually began his career coaching wide receivers at the East-West Shrine game. For Bucs fans that don't remember, the East-West Shrine game used to be at Tropicana Fields where the Rays play their home games, where they have uh, the football event there. It's, it's kind of like the Senior Bowl, but not as high-level prospects, I would say. Not trying to be disrespectful, but I mean, I believe Tom Brady played in the East-West Shrine Bowl. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo did. So there's a lot of talent that played at the Shrine Bowl and went on to have a a, a pretty good career. So um, definitely, definitely talent to pay attention to. And then after coaching that East-West Shrine Bowl, he got hired by the Washington, now the Washington Commanders, for the following season in 2011. The next two years, he actually coached college football, and that's when Keenan McCardell got to coach Stefan Diggs, who later went on to play for the Minnesota Vikings. But he went to the University of Maryland, was a wide receivers coach for the Terrapins, and got to mold one of the best wide receivers in the game right now. Obviously, Stefan Diggs is in a little bit of hot water because people weren't happy with the way that he reacted after the bills lost in the playoffs. But you know what? That's a, that's an issue for another day as Richard Smith jr says, hire Keenan McConnell. I believe you meant to write Keenan McCardell. That's all right. I, I struggled with the name a little bit first because you got the small C and the uppercase C. Um, But yeah, I totally hear you. Emily says, Hi Matt. Hi everyone. So I guess everyone will be walking into new classrooms. Hopefully, we get better grades next season. I think the the grades on coaches and players aren't going to be great anyway because they were eight and nine and then eight and ten on the season. But Emily, appreciate the comment. Appreciate everyone that is along in this chat. And of course, if you want to super chat me, uh, you will. I'm the bouncer right now. You super chat me, I will take that tip. You can cut the line. And we'll put your comment up. G Vegas says, Hi, everyone. Hello, G Vegas. Glad that you are joining us on today's show. So, after McCardell was the wide receivers coach in Maryland, he uh, eventually went on to be a wide receivers coach for the Jaguars, as you see in the pick right here, and then went to the Minnesota Vikings. And the interesting thing so, you'll see it with coaches and 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 turnover where you know if the offensive coordinator gets let go odds are that a lot of the coordinators are going to get let go as well that's just kind of the nature of the business a lot of coaches when they bring in certain guys if that is considered the guy of that coach he usually ends up getting let go as well because when a new coach gets hired you want to bring in People that you trust, people that you know. It's not necessarily a knock on the coach that formerly was there. I mean, if you have a losing season, then why do you really want to bring in a, a coach that didn't help your team win? But usually any GM, any head coach, even offensive coordinators, they want to bring in their own coaches and, and assistant coaches. So the interesting thing. With Keenan McCardell, was that he was the wide receivers coach for the Vikings for a couple of years, but he was the coach underneath Mike Zimmer, who was the previous head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, but he got fired after the 2021 season. And they turned to Kevin O'Connell, who is currently the Vikings head coach. They obviously won double-digit games. They clinched their division, but then lost to the Giants in the first round of the playoffs in the super wild card round. What was interesting is that McCardell kept his wide receivers coach job. He was one of the few coaches, maybe the only, that actually held on to his job, even though there was a coaching change at head coach. So clearly he was doing something right. And of course, he got to be the coach for Justin Jefferson, who is now an MVP candidate arguably the best wide receiver in the league. I'm going to say he is the best wide receiver in the league. If you want to make a case for a couple of other guys, that's totally fine. But Justin Jefferson has to be in the conversation for that. He's literally, you look at the the NFL logo, the graphic for the MVP candidates this year, it's all quarterbacks and Justin Jefferson. So, you know, Keenan McCardell is doing something right. If, you know, Justin Jefferson is in the MVP running. And uh, Alex, with a comment here, I listened to yesterday's podcast today. The argument was made we should go all in right now again with Brady because the South is weak. Wouldn't it be more smarter to rebuild with a weak division? I hear what you're saying, Alex, but I think at the same time, everyone is also going to be rebuilding at the same time. So how much more quickly can you rebuild than, say, the Falcons and the Panthers and the Saints. Now you can look at the Bucks and say, "All right, Tampa Bay still has Chris Godwin for a couple of seasons. They just signed Vita Vea to a long contract. Same with Carlton Davis. But you know, Mike Evans is on the last year of his deal. The Bucks have to decide what they're going to do with Jamel Dean and Levante David next season with Devin White. So you kind of have the play the pieces in right now, way more than the Panthers do, way more than the Saints do. So <laughs> I've seen some of the comments there. Cali Bucks, be nice. Alex, you said it yourself, terrible grammar. That's all right. Uh, no worries here, no judgment. So while I, I do see the, the fact of all right, if the Bucks start rebuilding sooner or late sooner rather than later, then you're you're gonna have a quicker turnaround. But I also think when you have the pieces right now, when you have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Ryan Jensen returning at center. Yes, you have to fill some of the other holes like at safety and and quarterback like I was talking about. But you bring Brady back, you have another chance at a Super Bowl. This is a Bucs team that went over a decade before they made the playoffs when Tom Brady came to the team in 2020. Those windows do not open all the time. Rather, they stay closed way more often than they stay open. So why not keep that window open? for one more year? I appreciate the question, Alex. Uh, that's how I would answer it. Shaggy wants to know, any chance Mike retires? I don't think so. Mike loves playing the game. He's got one more year on his deal. We'll see what type of financial situation the Bucks are in next year when Mike eventually does become a free agent. But there's still a lot of meat left on the bone. He's still a number one receiver in this league. I think he's going to have a bounce back year as well. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, it struggles with Mike this year, dropping some balls, the chemistry with Tom Brady. But I think he's poised for bounce back year, especially with the new offensive coordinator coming up. Richard Smith says, yes, rebuild. Let Brady go. If we rebuild, we might get one of those top quarterbacks next season in the draft. Well, there's going to be other people looking for top quarterbacks as well. And with such a bad NFC South it makes it that much tougher what does help is that they will have a first place schedule because they won the NFC South so I think there is weight to that but you know Todd Bowles this is his last chance at being a head coach if he fails with this team this year sadly the odds are he's probably not going to get a third opportunity to be a head coach when you look at his resume of the two times he was a head coach with the Jets and then with the Bucks. Failure uh, for a a lot of the time. So that's going to be really, really difficult to kind of um, overcome with that situation for Todd Bowles. And I hope it doesn't happen. He's a good guy. I think he can turn the team around. And this is going to be his best opportunity to do so. By the way, speaking of opportunities, this is a great opportunity for you to try out the new drink by Celsius Energy Drinks. It is the Fantasy Vibe. That's right. They have a new flavor. They got the sparkling lemon lime as well. Go to the store locator. Find out where you can get a Celsius near you at your local bodega. Go to the bodega. Get the new Fantasy Vibe drink. And then when you know you love the new drink and all the other flavors of Celsius Energy, go to Amazon. Click on the subscribe and save and have it sent to your house or apartment every week, month, quarterly, whenever you want. Get the new drink, Fantasy Vibe, at Celsius Energy Drinks. Hashtag Celsius Lip bit. Hashtag Celsius. Let's get to a couple of more comments as well. Appreciate everyone in the comments. Uh, Charlie says, it almost can't get worse on offense. So if Brady comes back, then the Bucks should almost just get better. If the Bucks just stay healthy and be a higher seed, with more wins. Yeah. You got to remember Ryan Jensen will be fully healthy this year. Chad Williams. People don't understand that bowls, Mike Godwin, et cetera, aren't just going to tank for the number one pick. That doesn't happen. Yeah. That's a great point, Chad. And I actually said this on yesterday's show as football fan says, hello, all I said it on a recent show. We do a lot of shows. So sometimes they kind of blend together. I have a blast every single time with the pewter people, but on a recent show, I was saying, I think we were talking about the Levante David situation of of, does Levante David still want to play? That's the first check. If he wants to continue playing, does he want to be with the Bucs? Because if Brady doesn't return and say another team that made the postseason last year wants to give him a contract, I think it would be tough for Levante to turn that down when he gets a fair amount of money. Like let's remember, Levante got what was it? Got 12 and a half million last year. I, I think the Bucks can't afford to give him that much again. Uh, they would probably hope he gets around $8 million. Um, But if Levante sees somewhere else where he can get that Bobby Wagner deal of $10 million, he might be like, hey, I love my time in Tampa. I'll be back for the Ring of Honor ceremony. But I want to get another Super Bowl ring and add to my legacy. Because what's been the legacy of Levante David for almost all of his career is that he's extremely underrated and never got... The highlight look at him because Tampa Bay wasn't that successful. So that's one thing with Levante. And to your point, Chad, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they went through the losing seasons. They saw what it took to win and they won games and they felt that excitement that comes with winning and winning a championship and the buzz around the city. And it was even heightened, you know, 15 times more than that because the Lightning won two in a row. The Rays went to the world series ended up losing, but still like you had a lot of winning in Tampa. The bucks contributed to that. You bring in Tom Brady brings a whole new set of eyes. I don't think they want to go back to, you know, the other things that they've seen in this career with, with Tampa Bay. Um, You know, the clock's ticking for both of them. Unfortunately, there's still plenty of time. You know, I still, there's a lot of juice. There's a lot of meat left on that bone. So, you know, don't, don't worry just yet, but they're not going to sign up to go 3-14. and 14. That, That's not what Mike Evans wants to do. So it's really tough to convince those guys that, hey, this is the plan moving forward. Football fan says, how long do you think it is going to take for them to hire an offensive coordinator? I think it's going to take quite a while. Uh, they're going to do their due diligence. Obviously, it's a little bit of a race because they have seven or eight other teams in the NFL right now that are also looking for an offensive coordinator. So it's not just like the Bucs can go to the offensive coordinator supermarket, look at every single item and say, okay, I'll take that one or I'll take that guy. You know, Um, that's not the case. There are many other teams such as the Baltimore Ravens that are looking for their own offensive coordinator as well. So let's get into the next offensive coordinator, the man that interviewed, with Tampa Bay today, and that is Clint Kubiak. And I think a lot of people are not totally certain about this because you see Clint Kubiak, and he was the passing game coordinator for the Broncos last season, and everyone knows how bad it went for the Denver Broncos in Nathaniel Hackett's only season with Denver. He got fired after 15 games. But I'm here to tell you that this is not the case with Clint Kubiak. There is much, much more to the story than what you think, uh, when, when you think with him. He spent a lot of time, first of all, he's the son of a coach. Obviously, Gary Kubiak was the head coach for the Houston Texans for quite a while. He was the head coach for the Denver Broncos for a bit. So he learned the offense under his dad. And this type of offense that Gary Kubiak ran The type of offense that uh, Clint Kubiak is running is, uh, as Rich says, Gary Kubiak's son? Yes. Clint Kubiak is the son of Gary Kubiak. But the type of offense that Clint Kubiak runs is not what was being ran in Denver under Nathaniel Hackett. Clint Kubiak runs much, much more of a Kyle Shanahan type of offense. He runs a lot of motion. He actually will run the ball. And he runs a lot of play action, which is super, super important. It's a creative type of offense. It gets people moving. It gets teams and opponents thinking about what the offense is going to do. It's not stationary. It's not bland. There's actually moving parts to it. And I'm I'm not saying that he got thrown under the bus with Denver, but he didn't get to run the offense that he wanted to run in Denver and kind of got the short end of the stick a little bit because he was coaching in Minnesota for a while. And he was part of the Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer head coaching regime as well. And Zimmer comes from the, you know, the Shanahan coaching tree going back to Kyle Shanahan's dad as well. And and the Kubiak coaching tree. So what's important to, to really point out is like in 2021 Kubiak was calling the plays for the Minnesota Vikings, and that got Kirk Cousins to the Pro Bowl. You know, Uh, Kirk Cousins, you could say a lot about him, but to get him to the Pro Bowl, the offensive coordinator had to be doing something right. Um, He was the offensive coordinator in Minnesota during the 2021 season after spending the 2019 and 2020 season as the Vikings quarterbacks coach. I'm reading story off of PeterReport.com from Scott Reynolds, so you can check that story out. As well, it is the top story on our website at pewterreport.com right now. Uh, His father, Gary Kubiak, was the former Texans head coach and Broncos head coach, uh, also serving in a couple of places. Kubiak grew up in his father's offense, which is from the Mike Shanahan system, where Gary Kubiak served as the Broncos offensive coordinator from 1995 to 2005. The Shanahan-Kubiak offense features a lot of outside zone runs, Think about that, Bucks fans. Going to the outside, using speed, uses play-action passes. Think about that, Bucks fans. Actually doing what works best for your team. The Bucs are one of the best play-action teams in the league. They do not use it enough. And they use bootlegs and misdirection. Maybe Tom Brady's not going to be using a bootleg because he's not crazy mobile. But misdirection, that can be used. It's similar to offenses run by Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco and Mike McDaniels, a Shanahan disciple in Miami. Under Clint Kubiak in Minnesota, the Vikings averaged 36, sorry, 362.8 yards per game, which ranked 10th in the league and averaged 25 points per game, which ranked 13th in the NFL. And then Kirk Cousins, like I said, made a Pro Bowl. 66.3% of his passes were completed for 4,221 yards with 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Pro Bowl rookie Justin Jefferson caught 108 passes for 1,616 yards and 10 touchdowns, while Adam Thielen contributed 67 receptions for 726 yards and 10 touchdowns as well. So, again, moral of the story, it did not work in Denver, but it didn't work in Denver for a number of reasons. But when he was calling the plays under the system that he learned in his whole career, the Vikings offense put up numbers, and I know they're doing well this year, even without, you know, Zimmer and and Kubiak. But this is a coach, an assistant coach, that knows how to get the best out of his players and knows how to get the ball to his best players. Justin Jefferson, as a rookie, was putting up monster numbers, so I understand. Four Bucks fans, you could see it right in front and say, "Hey." Broncos offense looked terrible. Why would we want anybody from that Broncos offense? But I'm telling you, check the story out on pewterreport.com. Listen to what I just said. There was much, much more to the story uh, when it comes to Clint Kubiak. I also saw that we got a super chat. I'm going to answer that in just a moment. But first, let's hear a message from our friends over at age Rejuvenation. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to Age Rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. I've got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with Age Rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call Age Rejuvenation today. Look better, feel better, have better sex using age rejuvenation. They have testosterone therapy, peptide therapy, and stem cell therapy. It's helped out John Gilmore. It's hel- helped out Scott Reynolds. Um, they feel younger. John Gilmore still looks like he can play. Scott has lost weight with age rejuvenation, and it could start helping out you. So check out age rejuvenation today. Oh, wrong graphic there. Let's get to the Super Chat that I saw. It is from William Butler. William, good to hear from you. Thank you very, very much for the 4.99 dollars Super Chat. After seeing that video the Bucks released, why would Tom want to return with those lifeless teammates? I believe, William, and thank you for the, the comment, you are talking about the video that we wrote about on PeterReport.com. We still have it in here. I can actually play it for everybody in a moment where they're playing against the San Francisco 49ers. They're trying to, you know, come back in the game. Well, it was cut a number of different ways, where it was from the beginning, it was from the middle, it was from the end of the game as well. And Tom's being like, let's go, guys. Like, let's fight. We got to fight harder. We got to keep going. Blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And you have some of the guys listening, but, you know, there's some players just completely looking away, not paying attention to what's going on. I get what you're saying, William. I think sometimes, you know, the video can get taken out of context. I think it's one game where they were getting beat up really, really badly. So sometimes it's really tough to get your head in the game when, you know, you're just playing in such an absolutely lopsided type of game. So I don't – it's not a good look by any means, but it's a small sample size over a long season. So um, just keep that in mind as well. I'll actually play that video for everybody. So – If you haven't seen it, you can just be the judge of of what you think. Samuel in the backfield now. They're going to pitch it to Samuel. Right side, gets the block. Samuel cuts it upfield. Deep Samuel is in for the touchdown. Let's go, boys. Let's go answer it now. It's going to be a dogfight. That's why we're here. Let's go, boys. Come on. You want it, you got it. It's right here. You like football? This is where you want to be. You guys got it. got to go fight, it ain't going to be any easier all day, right? Just go slug it out. Fourth and one. I'm on one on one, ready? Here's Brady, only a three-man rush this time, going deep, has Evans, wide open, he's got it! Mike Evans, the race! To suck it up! Oh, yeah. There's a penalty, though, back at the line of scrimmage. Snow boys, come on, we got to go fight. Another example of that red zone offense that just can't quite find a way to get it done. Hey, take this stupid thing off my back. Just rip it off. It's go through there. Just take it out. It's taped on. all right. It. Just take it. Just, just... And that was the video. Sorry to bring up some bad memories for Cali Bucks, who says, I was at this game. Stop showing this. I'm trying to forget this game ever happened. Yeah, that's true. But it was news, so that's why we had to talk about it. Mike Reynolds saying, okay, Matt, you got me excited about Kubiak. I just want to lay out all the information for everybody because sometimes on paper things could look good or bad, but there's actually a lot more to it. And I think that's the case with Clint Kubiak. So just keep an open mind. There's going to be a lot more coordinators or coaches that get interviews with the bucks and other teams. And you might say to yourself, wait, what, why would they hire that guy? That doesn't make any sense. And just know the bucks are going to do their due diligence from top to bottom. A lot of different guys that they are going to talk to and their coaches in this league for a reason. They've had some success along the way. And, know the sport of football in one way or another. So why not see as many different creative minds as you possibly can, and then come up with the best solution possible. And the last candidate we'll talk about is Jim Bob Cooter. One of the funnest names in football to say a great football name in Jim Bob Cooter. He as well also has experience as an offensive coordinator with the Detroit Lions before we talk about that with the Lions we'll talk about his current profession which he was the passing game coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars and of course they have Trevor Lawrence the number one overall pick from two years ago dealt with Urban Meyer his first season as head coach of the Jaguars Then they canned him before the season ended. They hired Doug Peterson in a fantastic move. The Jaguars won multiple games in a row at the end of the season. And they won the AFC South and then had a miraculous comeback against the Chargers when they were down 27-0 to win their Super Wild Card game and then lost in the next round to the Chiefs in what was a very close game. So Jaguars fans have to be feeling pretty good about themselves heading into next year but for Jim Bob Cooter again he's working with a young quarterback as as the passing game coordinator the Jaguars were 10th in the league in passing yards per game and they were also 10th in the league in points per game they threw for 237.9 yards uh, per game passing and score 23 almost 24 points per game settling in at 23.8 so I think the Jim Bob Cooter idea is interesting more for the fact that if Tom Brady is not with the Bucks, you have to work with a coach that can get the best out of a younger quarterback which I'm not saying it 100% will be the case but you really have two options if Brady doesn't come back Go with the veteran guy that is going to be on his second team, whether it's a journeyman player, such as the Brad Johnson route when they won their first Super Bowl, or a guy that's been with the team for a long time and then all of a sudden he wants a new change of scenery, which that doesn't always happen all of the time. Or you have to draft a quarterback in this year's draft or potentially next year's draft if everything goes worse and um, there's a, there's a lot more changes. So I think it is a fun idea that you could have Jim Bob Cooter as a coach that has experience as a play caller, but also working with a young quarterback like he did with Trevor Lawrence this season. Um, Yeah, so he's responsible with helping Trevor Lawrence. His experience as an offensive coordinator goes all the way back to 2015 when he was with the Lions. Now, he didn't start as the offensive coordinator coach but they fired their offensive coordinator about halfway through the season. And Jim Bob Cooter took over and then was the offensive coordinator all the way up till 2019. And then he had a brief run with the jets as the running backs coach, I believe. And then went to Jacksonville under coach Doug Peterson and had a lot of success there this season with the young rookie quarterback. So if I'm, if I'm Jim Bob Cooter, Or if I'm the Bucs trying to sell it to the fans, I would say he has coaching experience, calling plays, something that Keenan McCardell doesn't. But he also works with young rookie quarterbacks, has worked with younger quarterbacks, such as Trevor Lawrence. And you saw the progression that he made this season. So Jim Bob Cooter deserves, you know, some of that, um, some of that praise for the success. If I'm Keenan McCardell, I'd be like, yeah, I have not I haven't called any plays, but I work with some of the best talents in football, whether it's Stefan Diggs, whether it's Justin Jefferson, I can get the best out of the talents over here. And if I'm Clint Kubiak, I'm saying, listen, I I learned from a great offensive coach or a great coach. Well, he's going to say his dad is great. I learned from a well-experienced coach in uh, Gary Kubiak. I've ran the the Shanahan offense, which is, one of the most innovative and best offenses in football right now. And he also has experience calling plays too. So that would be my case if I was these offensive coordinators applying for the Bucks' offensive coordinator position, how I would go about it. And if I was going to play some bets, like maybe the AFC and NFC championship games coming up, I would place those bets over at my bookie, And, of course, you don't have to just bet on football. You got hockey every night, basketball, uh, a lot of other sports going on. You can bet on everything. And it's a new year, a new you, so give yourself a fresh start with MyBookie. Whether you bet to earn or to make the games more exciting, MyBookie gives you the most for your money with their redesigned deposit bonus. Just use the promo code Pewter, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, on a deposit of $50 or more to receive a cash bonus. Instantly to your MyBookie account. Using the bonus is simple. Bet your deposit amount just once, and you're ready to cash out. It's no strings attached with MyBookie. Bet on the NFL, UFC, or play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly online blackjack tournament. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and win. Like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.ag even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. And you could also add $1,000 in your first deposit bonus for free using the promo code Pewter. That is P-E-W-T-E-R. There's another topic I want to talk about tonight that is not offensive coordinator related. It does have to do with a player on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that is... Wide receiver Chris Godwin. For those that may not know, Chris Godwin today was awarded. He's the Bucs nominee. He was selected as the Ed Block Courage Award winner, and that is voted on by teammates. Every player in the NFL, uh, one per team, gets this prestigious award. It goes to, I just want to make sure I get this right. Um, it's in honor of Ed Block, who was a trainer for the Baltimore Colts and is a humanitarian. And the award is meant to symbolize professionalism, strength, and dedication, along with acting as a community role model. And they want to give it to someone that best exemplifies sportsmanship and courage. So, you talk about courage dealing with adversity. I don't think there's a better recipient than Chris Godwin to represent the Bucks to win this award. So, congratulations to Chris Godwin on uh, getting voted on by his teammates to win the Ed Block Courage Award. And if you don't know, you probably do know if you're watching this uh, this podcast tonight. Chris Godwin tore his ACL in December of 2021. That's obviously one of the toughest injuries to come back from. He rehabbed all off season, rehabbed the training camp, came back by the end of training camp, and was ready for week one. He had 104 catches in the regular season. He uh, and that went for 1,023 yards. He scored three touchdowns as well. So, returning from a serious torn ACL injury, he went over 100 yards catching, over 100 yards receiving, and then he had 10 receptions in the Super Wild Card round game against the Cowboys. So that put him at 114 catches on the season, and that is a Bucks franchise record for total catches in a season. By a Bucks player. So congratulations to Chris Godwin for all that he's done. They will honor him and the rest of the Ed Block Courage Award winners on April 1st and 2nd in Baltimore, Maryland. And I think Chris Godwin's going to be even better next season. One last thing I want to point out about Chris Godwin. Um, him and his wife, Mariah, they founded the Team Godwin Foundation. So make sure you check that out. Um, they help out. Uh, at-risk animals that have been in tough environments. They've also supported families financially um, through the pandemic and through hurricane disasters in the Florida area. So they're helping out a lot of people, and it's awesome what Chris Godwin is doing both on and off the field. So just wanted to take some time to congratulate Chris Godwin on that. There's been more discussion as well with Chris Godwin specifically about should he be comeback player of the year? We can talk about that in just a moment, but we do have a super chat from Mike Wp69. Thank you, Mike, for the 4.99 super chat. Mike says, "I think it's safe to say that the Bucs are going to cast a wide net since Bulls may be coaching for his job." Put it this way, you know, there's there's been conversations back and forth, by the way, appreciate gorilla shop saying, Hey, I'm watching from a bodega. That is freaking awesome. If you really are watching from a bodega, that is, uh, that's, that's great to see. Love my local bodegas. And, uh, but anyway, to get back to Mike's point, Todd Bowles going into the season is on the hot seat. If they go eight and nine again, and don't make the playoffs, I think Todd Bowles, unfortunately is probably out of a job in Tampa. They go eight and nine and make the playoffs and win a wild card round. He might get one more opportunity, but they're not going to, the Glazers, the the whole organization, they are not going to settle for anything less than than a winning team, really. And Todd Bowles knows that as well. He knows that he's got to turn things around this season. I think Scott said it best the other day. We have clips on our social media as well where uh, he said, one of two things are going to happen. Todd Bowles is going to turn this ship around. They are going to win the division much more convincingly than they did you know, this year. And the culture is still going to be fine and everybody is, is going to play better. Or this thing is going to go down in flames and the Bucs – are going to have a top ten, a top five draft pick, and the naysayers will have their day, saying that okay, now the Bucks can go get a, a a new quarterback. So I, without question, agree with that. I think one or two things is going to happen as it pertains to Todd Bowles and and Chris Godwin. When it, uh, sorry, the Todd Bowles when it comes to if the team is is going to stick with him following the 2023 season that is coming up. I I want to get to – I was looking up the finalist for the Comeback Player of the Year award. I know it was Geno Smith. It was Christian McCaffrey. Who was the third one? If anyone in the chat knows – was it Saquon Barkley? Yes, it was. Okay, so it was Geno Smith, Saquon Barkley, and, and Christian McCaffrey. So Chris Godwin, unfortunately, did not make the list. And, you know, Mike Evans said it earlier this year. He said, in my eyes, yeah, th- thank you guys for, for saying Saquon. I, I still missed it. And even Mike Evans this year was like, Mike, uh, Chris Godwin, he he is, in my eyes, he is the comeback player of the year. And This year was a lot different than most because Geno Smith isn't returning from an injury. He just, you know, he was a starter with the Jets. Then he's been a backup for multiple years. Now he got a chance to start again, and he helped the Seahawks get into the playoffs. Christian McCaffrey dealt with a number of injuries, finally healthy this year, and for his sake, got traded to the 49ers, and now he's playing in the NFC Championship game. And obviously – helped the 49ers offense go a very long way. And then Saquon as well. Same thing dealt with a number of injuries came back this year, looked like the Saquon that entered the league in his first or second season and was really just an all time running back. Him and Daniel Jones really helped get the giants with that offense. And coach Brian Dayball really kept it going, got them to the second round where they got absolutely smoked by the, you know, by the, the Eagles who are playing the 49ers in the NFC championship game. so the only thing I don't understand. And those guys are all worthy candidates. What I don't understand is how come the MVP has five people, all quarterbacks and, and Justin Jefferson. Why can't comeback player of the year have that as well? The Heisman had like four candidates. Why, why not like Chris Godwin should at least be in the conversation. If you want to say that he's not going to win it, fine. You can make a case for the other guys, but what Chris Godwin did, I mean, everyone saw the hit that he had. That was a nasty, nasty injury, and he's a guy that still goes out. He's one of the toughest players on the Bucs. He can still break tackles. Maybe he didn't have the yak that he had a year ago, but the Bucs relied on him a lot. They got him the ball quickly, a lot of screen games. I know the Bucs want to get away from that screen game, or Bucks fans want to see that, I should say, because... A lot of the screens went nowhere, but you can be effective with the right amount of screens. Well, Chris Godwin did 104 catches in the regular season, 114 with a 10 playoff game reception rate in the super wild card round, getting over a thousand yards. Like he deserves a lot of respect. And Chris Godwin absolutely deserves to be in the conversation for comeback player of the year. If you want to say he's not going to win it, you can make a case for Geno Smith. You can make a case for Saquon Barkley, but at least let Chris Godwin be in that conversation because he worked his ass off to get to that part, to get to that point. He deserves to be with some of the other top players in the league, and he deserves to get that recognition. I'm happy he's getting the Ed Block Courage Award. Want to congratulate him for that. But he should also be in the same tweet that the NFL puts out when it says... Gino, when it says Saquon, when it says Christian McCaffrey. Because Chris Godwin is just as deserving as the rest of the candidates. Chris Cole says, <laughs> because the NFL hates the Bucs. Grizz saying, in my opinion, it's either Chris or Gino. Yeah, you can make a case for really any of the candidates. I would probably say Gino, just because... His career arc is, is absolutely crazy. If you want to give the Saquon to, that's fine. Um, yeah. It is just opinion, though. It does come down to a couple of voters. What is a fact, though, and not an opinion, an absolute fact is uh, you got to rock with the Arctic Vibes as well. I know we talked about the Fantasy Vibes, but the Arctic Vibes are one of the best energy drinks that you will absolutely find over uh, at celsius.com or you know you can find it around places near you seven essential vitamins i love the arctic vibe it's one of my favorite flavors that you can get seven essential vitamins like i said zero sugar or preservatives and you don't get that post energy drink crash that you would get with uh, you know other products out there just lets you go do your thing Gives you that essential energy to get you through your day. There's a lot more other products as well and flavors from the sparkling wild berry to the peach mango to the strawberry kiwi guava. So check out Celsius today. Start drinking it. Hashtag Celsius fit. Hashtag Celsius energy. That's about going to wrap it up for me today. We're going to have two guests on the show tomorrow along with myself. It'll be Josh Capo our guy from pewterreport.com, and Adam Slavon as well. So I appreciate everybody that was in the chats with me today as I was riding solo. We got a lot coming up. We are going to talk about Buck's free agency. And, of course, we are going to preview on Monday, preview the Senior Bowl, because we are heading to Mobile, Alabama. We have a whole crew of writers from pewterreport.com going to Mobile, Alabama, including myself, and Scott Reynolds, and we're going to talk about the prospects that could fit well for the Bucks. Prospects we'll be watching. That weekend's going to be a ton of fun. So we got a show tomorrow at seven o'clock prime time again on Thursday, and then uh, all week next week, well Monday through Wednesday, we'll have shows at seven o'clock for the Senior Bowl, and then on Friday of next week, we will have one at four o'clock to recap everything. That we saw. But once again, want to say thank you to everybody that watched tonight's show. And we will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Peace out.